I mean, it, listen, we're talking about practice. I am stressing to you. You take this outfit home and you burn it. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. We couldn't do diddly poo offensively. One on one, I'm undefeated. Never lost. High fly ball in the right field. She is gone. That's over. It's reached. It's over. Way down top. Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry! We are live. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Wide Open Sportscast. I am Rick. Hey, I'm Feds, and welcome to the almost world-famous Wide Open Sportscast, broadcasting live from our lovely studios in New Hope, Pennsylvania. Welcome to the show, everybody. And it is, it, it's a good sports day. It is kind of a sad sports day. Oh, it's definitely a sad sports day. Um, well, first off, this week, there's a lot of great, great stuff this week, uh, but first off, Generally, we don't start off in opening banter with, with sports stuff, but I think we're going to start off this week because uh, kind of near and dear to me and Fez's heart. Uh, today, there is there was a big trade in the channel and it dealt with, <laughs> it dealt with both uh, the Ducks problems and, and the New Jersey Devils problems. So, big thing for us uh, was... Adam Henrique, our baby boy, is, has been traded to the Anaheim. Slots it ahead. It got on to Kovalchuk, and Kovalchuk a shot that's carefully played away by Lundqvist. Now Ponogorovsky with it. Two one in front, block there. Scramble for it there. They poke away at it. Still it's loose. Poked out by Kovalchuk. They score. Henrique, it's over. And can I make a proposition? I think the Henrique it's over call now must be retired into our opening uh, tagline. Executive decision here, Rick. All right. All right. I'll let you... Uh, we will see. But, uh, I'll, I'll let you roll with that. It, but, is, uh, it is heartbreaking. Uh, so, obviously, came up with the Devils. Great guy. Uh, real class acts. Did phenomenal things for us. He's going to be greatly missed. I'm very, very upset. We'll never get to see a Nico DiRico. That is true. Even though I almost saw it when I went to the game last Thursday, they had a two-on-one and they missed, and I almost saw it, but we will never have a Nico to Rico, so I'm very upset about that one. I am too, but there were good things about this trade. So the folks, Most definitely. First off, so the Anaheim Ducks, what they got from the Devils was Adam Henrique, Joseph Plan DC, and a 2018 third-round draft pick. Bye-bye, Blender. The Devils acquired, uh, what's his name, uh, Sammy Vatadin. Um, Which definitely helps our defensive. And a conditional third-round pick. Uh, and there's actually there's three conditions to this third-round pick. Yeah, I'll let you go into that because it's really, really conditional. Yeah, so there's actually three conditions to this third-round pick. First condition, if the Ducks sign Adam Henrique to a new contract for the 2019-2020 season prior to the selection of their third-round pick in 2019, I'm sorry, 18, the Ducks will get give that pick to the Devils. It'll be a third round pick. I hope you guys are following so far. Secondly, if the Ducks sign Am Henry to a new contract for for the upcoming season after the selection of the third round pick, the Devils will get the twenty twenty third round pick. Okay. 
But if the if Henrik doesn't re-sign at all with the Ducks, then the Devils do not get a pick at all. So here's the here's the thing about this trade. Uh, we gave up a lot. Uh, no, yes and no. I mean, yeah. Adam Henrik was was the heartbeat to the Devils. One of the heartbeats to the Devils. Definitely one hundred percent. He we, will be greatly missed. But we were moving in a different direction. So it was good in that aspect. We needed defense. And Sammy is a great defender, one one of the best in the National Hockey League. We need one one more good defender. And, and I actually had said that when I went and watched him against the Bruins on Wednesday night. I definitely said that that was one thing that they needed. They needed not only a better defenseman, a defensive scoring threat too. Like someone who you know can line up at top and could hammer a shot in. Yes, exactly. Uh, so... That was good. I mean, and then the Devils gave up a third-round pick, which I don't know how many players stay in the NHL after a third-round pick, so that's an okay pick to give yeah, away. Yeah, probably not a lot. And then Joseph Landisi, who was a player on the Devils, he came up during when people were injured. Uh, the first time he came up, he actually did really well, but then he came up two or three other times after that, and it was kind of like subpar. Yeah. So he didn't, really have, he didn't really have a place in our system. Now, granted, he may have a place and on the NHL level with – the Anaheim Ducks, which I, in a way I hope he does. That'd be great for him, but we don't really need him. But he so, still will be missed, and especially Rico, dude. Oh, especially Rico. Rico, I mean, in the past 10 years, the highest point of being a Devils fan was 2012 when he scored that game-winning goal in the Eastern Conference Finals. To send the Rangers packing. And everyone forgets, too, we wouldn't have gotten there if he hadn't scored the game-winning overtime goal against in Game 7 against the Panthers. We against wouldn't have Panthers. gotten there. So he was so clutch for us that year. That was that was just an amazing magical year that we, in a way, almost shouldn't have gone there, but we got no there. No way. Six seed? Yeah, no way. Six seed. But then again, we lost to the eighth seed of Kings, who just ran through the entire Western Conference. But we just didn't have big buys. That was our problem then. But let me uh, let me also sh- show this to you, or send this at you. So Ray Shiro, who is the— oh, yeah. This is great. Uh, he is the, GM, the current GM of the New Jersey Devils. He's been in, uh, let's say— how many months? About like eighteen months, probably. Yeah, little, I'd no, say that. Uh, well, in about eighteen months, he's made these transactions. The Devils have required Taylor Hall, Sammy Vatanen, Kyle Palmieri, Marcus Johansson, and what they have lost was Adam Henrique, Adam Larson, Joseph Landisi, and two second round picks and two third round picks. Now, granted, we've also obtained so many picks. We've also so many good rookies right now. Like so I think it was rookies. the way someone put it is the Devils can't make that move if you have the way Wood, uh, Jesper Brett, Brian Gibbons. You the way you have Coleman, you have all these rookies, these young players playing. We can't make this trade if they're not playing as well as they are at the moment. But I mean, in bringing in these players, we lost great players, but bringing in these players definitely helped replace that and even made us better. Uh, He's done wonders for the Devils. The Devils franchise was in a bad spot, and he is definitely saving it. Now, a lot of people are saying about Ray Sherrill is he's really good in rebuilding, but after he's real rebuilt and it's a good team, he's bad at maintaining, like he was with the Pittsburgh Penguins before mm-hmm. he, he, got, he left there. Correct. So let's see how that works out for us as Devils fans, but... Hopefully for the better. Thank yeah. you, Rico. You yeah. will be missed. You will be missed, man, and maybe hopefully... Possibly someday we may see you again. So yeah, thank you. If you ever want an interview, let us know. We'd be happy to help you out. Definitely. So let's uh let's jump into our next sport, which is the NFL. Man, let me say this: this has been an awful past two three days 
for the North Jersey sports area. Yeah. It's for New Jersey in general. More so with this one, even though it's a New York franchise. I'm sure the second I said that, you already know where we're going with this. But as a diehard Eagles fan, I feel so bad for Eli, man. I feel so bad for him. He did not deserve that at all in any way. So it's awful. It's it's, couple it's of, sad. A couple of reports are kind of conflicting. Uh, he there's one report that I read this week that said he kind of like brought up the idea of like getting someone prepared for when he does when he's going to be gone. Whether right. it's going to be through trade, whether it's going to be retirement, or whether it's free agency, whenever he's going to be gone, to possibly bring that up. And then they brought up the idea of. Uh, starting Eli so he can ha- still have his Iron Man streak thing going and then sitting him. But one, e- Eli declined that. And big reason why I think Eli declined it is in a way that's kind of selfish. That's what he said. He said, it's yeah. not about me and my streak. It's about the team. Yes. So as a leader, that was the right thing to do. Uh, but still, it, what they're sitting him for Who? Gino Smith. Gino Smith. Gino. It's ridiculous. Let me say this. It was probably one of the worst presents I've ever gotten someone. I had gotten my parents uh, tickets to their tickets for their anniversary. I got yeah. them tickets to go see Jets Bills in MetLife. And I was like, you know, thank you for all you do for me. They'd help me move into my new apartment. Go see the game. It's going to be a great time. Let's all go and have fun. Uh, but now here's the thing. Gino threw more passes to the Bills than he did to the Jets. He went two for six in the first quarter with three interceptions and got yanked. Boo, you stink! And he's starting over Eli. Someone, someone in our friend group said, like, we don't know what Gino Smith has to offer. Really? We know. Yeah, we know. It's it's not good. Yeah, I, I mean the thing is again, I'm not trying to get too cocky here. Again, Eagles are ten and one. Uh God bless yeah. Leah, my girlfriend. I love you to death. I am going to see Eagles Giants December seventeenth in MetLife. That was my birthday present. Mm-hmm. I was hoping to see a game. Yeah. I was hoping to see a game. But I you know, who knows by that point. Maybe Philadelphia has the first round by locked up or maybe home field advantage locked up. I doubt it with the way the Vikings are still playing. They're still giving them a run for their money. But we'll get into that in a little bit. But I just, for Geno, it's not like they have a young guy ready. I mean, Webb is there, but he's, is he the quality quarterback that they want? I, I didn't even know who he was. Yeah. So I bet a lot of people other than the Giants knew who he was. Um, we feel bad for Eli here. We really do. Uh, what we're going to do real quick is we're going to play a quick interview for you. Again, shout out to our good friend Jeff Maglachetti over at Giant Insider who has been working his ass off. I've been seeing him post on his Instagram and his Twitter at uh, Jeff Mags 5490 or 9054. It's either one of those, but definitely check him out. Pretty sure it's 5490. He has been on the radio. He's been on ESPN Radio, TSN in Canada. He has been all over the place over these past few days with people asking him questions about Eli. But here's the interview that he got with Eli to send over to you. Eli, how hard is this hitting you emotionally? It's hard. Hard, uh, hard, you know, hard day to handle this, but uh, you know, hang in there and figure it out. Hardest, hardest day as a Giant, you would say? Uh, it's up there. Yeah, yeah. Do you feel like you might have started your last game for the Giants? I don't know. You know I, I, I don't know. We're, I'll uh, take it one, one week at a time. 
Last one, guys. Have you spoken to anyone besides Ben about the decision, Jerry or John or anyone like that? Uh, I spoke with Jerry Reese a little bit, and uh, 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 Mr. Mayor had you know, he, he hadn't been in uh, today, and uh, but you know he knows what's going on, and uh, we'll probably try to speak with him tomorrow sometime. Now, even watching that video, it's so obvious you could see that he's holding back so many tears, so many emotions. There. Yeah, uh, because it, again, you are dropping again no matter what your opinion is and again as an Eagles fan I'm in need the defense helped him out a lot when he won that Super Bowl was the MVP but regardless he won two Super Bowls he brought your franchise two Super Bowls and you're benching him for Geno freaking Smith yeah so and that's the answer so now, now on the on the flip side of that I'm gonna say this I hope the best for Geno Smith all right so I, say why. like like it's Geno Smith didn't cause this there's no, there's no way Geno Smith causes. Uh, I also don't think that Mara be, not being there is a good look for this. Yeah, I would definitely agree with you on that. I know a lot of people who are very upset about that. Also, too, a lot of my colleagues at work have called the Giants front office and have left voicemails for Reese and Mara and McAdoo demanding answers as to why this happened. There's a lot of people who are very, very upset. I mean, that'd be crazy if, like, that actually worked and yeah. they brought back Eli, before, like, right before the game was about to start and just started him. Right, yeah, definitely. But um, things are definitely wackadoo in New York this season. Definitely not going anywhere near what the Giants they thought. They need to fire that, that Pat Riley fast. fucking asshole. <laughs> He looks like something straight out of Stranger Things with his hair slicked back like that. He that's looks like something Pat from Hawkins, <laughs> Indiana. Yeah, that's why I call him Pat Riley. I love, Pat Riley. Uh, <laughs> I love what Jeff has to say about him. He looks like the guy that won the Coors Light Coach for a Day contest and never left. <laughs> so that was a great run on you, Jeff. Um, Touche for that one. Uh, so with that, let's look at some Week 12 highlights. Again, our last episode, we had already discussed the Thanksgiving games, but three big ones to talk about. First off, Throwdown in Oakland, the rematch between Michael Crabtree and Akeem Tlaib. Crabtree, you bum, lost me fantasy football. He plays, I win. He got suspended with so no points. I and on my one fantasy football team, I also had Crabtree in my flex spot, but thank God in my... Wide receiver number one spot, I have Julio Jones. Oh, big week. So that, that, was, that was nice to just lock that down. But, I mean, so about that that brawl or whatever you want to call that, Crabtree taped down his chains. Did you did you read this? He no, I didn't see that. He, he Before the game started, he, he said to other people that he taped down his chain to his chest so that Aqib Tlaib wouldn't rip it off. But, yeah, Aqib Tlaib did get, get ripped off. So, that was ridiculous. Two, it was only three minutes into the game that they got ejected. And they didn't really even throw punches. First off, Crabtree, what college did you go to? Texas Tech? Uh, didn't they ever teach you in school that punching a guy with a helmet on with bare knuckles is not a good idea? Uh, well, I mean, I think that point, the testosterone just pumping in. He's just throwing bows even though it doesn't make he wasn't any even sense. really throwing he was throwing like noodle arms at him he was like just doing like trying to do like love taps like he, he literally looked like floyd mayweather well, trying to like duck his way out of a fight he's like just giving a little love tap every once in a while i mean it was well i i would <laughs> don't like floyd mayweather like that fuck uh, the mayweathers but uh <laughs> him uh ripping off that chain i think akib won that battle secondly i think they still should have gotten the two game suspension 
they they both got Agreed. decreased to one. Um, I'm not distraught about that. Not like the the Zeke situation, but I still think they should have gotten two games. Now, granted, pretty they pretty much already lost one game. Right. So them doing them losing one game is bad. Uh, pretty much. So it's gonna really affect them, especially because. Technically, both of them are still in a playoff race, considering the way that Kansas City is playing. Oh right my! Now. The Chargers are the hottest team in that division. So yeah, true. But uh, which is leading into our next point. I think yeah. before that, Denver took a really big hit with Paxton Lynch getting hurt. You got to feel so bad it's, for him. All the oh work that God. he put in just to lose the job. There's like, there's like so much sadness in this week. Rico being traded from the Devils. Eli being benched. Lynch being, we, we've being got, injured. We've got a good final drive coming yeah, up. Yeah. Um, so with that, Kansas City continues to struggle. Kareem Hunt has now averaged three fantasy points for me over the past five weeks. I I, I think I saw on uh, on the app Blake Boros facts or one of those things that Blake Boros has more rushing touchdowns since week, week three than Kareem Hunt. That is the greatest Twitter feed. Yes. We're going to do a poll. Who has a better Twitter feed, Blake Bortles Fats or the Vegas Golden Knights? I think Blake Bortles Fats takes that It is by so far. great. that like They did stuff with Eli Manning. It, it's, it takes a cake. That's awesome. Um, but Kansas City, again, continues to struggle. Alex Smith is going back to looking like a game manager. Andy Reid, once again, choking with a team who's in playoff contention. What a surprise. Do the Chiefs make the playoffs, Rick? Uh well let's let's look at let's look at the the complete uh season here. So pretty much locks pretty much right now for the AFC Patriots, Pittsburgh. I'm I'm just going on a limb, sue me. Mm-hmm. Patriots, Pittsburgh. Those are the only two locks right now. I agree with you there for the AFC. Uh next next best team it would be Tennessee and Jacksonville. And right Those now, are, Tennessee has the tiebreaker. Tennessee has the tiebreaker, but Jacksonville would get the first wild card spot. And then right now, Kansas City is would be that fourth seed with five, uh, six and five, and they're going down. They they've been going down fast. They don't really look like they're going to be improving anytime soon. And this week, they're they're face off against who are they face off against? They're face off against the Titans. Which uh, I'm sorry, no, I'm I'm wrong, wrong, read that wrong. The Jets. They're face off against the Jets, uh, who should have beaten Carolina last week. Honestly, Jets, Jets are surprisingly in a lot of games. Which credit to they them. easily could have above a five hundred record. Yeah, they almost do. They almost did. But I mean, they just. I'm not saying they're losing games like last year's uh, San Diego Chargers, not Los Angeles. Last year's San Diego Chargers were losing games, but they're in. They're in every game. The Once Chiefs, again, we're but the so Chiefs, sorry, I, sorry, Jet fans. Yeah, and honestly, I would still pick the Chiefs to beat the Jets this week. Uh, whereas the Chargers ha- have to beat the Browns, which is completely doable. Yeah, definitely. But they're, I think those two are the top two teams, and it's crazy to think that the Chargers are the best, most consistent team in the AFC West. Uh, do I think they make it? I think they make it in a wild card. Okay. Over the Bills, you think? Over the Bills, yeah. Because the, uh, the rest of the Bills' schedule, I think, is actually pretty hard. Um, okay, so go through it. Let me, uh, sorry about this, guys. No, uh, you're fine. I'll so, fill in the air real quick with a quick fact. Even at the Pro Bowl, nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Nice. Uh, so this this week, uh, this week, yeah, they play New England, which is which is a losing game. Mm-hmm. Then they play Indy, which is a winning winnable game. Then they play Miami, 
which is another toss-up. Then they play New England again, which is a losing game. Then they play Miami again, which is a toss-up. So they have two toss-ups. I think they only have one guaranteed win there. Ooh, yeah, that is tough. So uh, compared to... Except I'm also expecting Tyrod Taylor to ball out after he got benched for Nate Peterman. (laughs) I I think he will do well. um, But also, I mean, he's not... The reason why he got benched is he's they're not expecting him to be the quarterback of the future there right. for the Buffalo Bills. Correct. Uh, I don't know who's being treated worse in a, in a way. Tyrod Taylor got benched last week but then got put in after the five interceptions. Or Kirk Cousins not actually getting a contract yet from the Washington Redskins. Yeah. Uh, like well, so Both of them are pretty much being said that, well, one, Kirk Cousins, we're not going to pay you that money, but two, we're – we don't know if you're going to be the quarterback of the future. Where right now, I would consider Kirk Cousins an elite quarterback. See, this is what Jeff has to say. Again, I'm hey, um, following everybody. Again, I've been having a lot of conversations with Jeff about sports lately. Jeff says, the problem with Kirk Cousins, where does he go when the Redskins are in a must-win game? Over the past few years. That is true. He won the game against the Eagles to lock up the division and put them into the playoffs, what was it, like two, three years ago. But since then, where has Kirk Cousins gone in important games? Have you seen this man? Val, that, I mean, yes, I, like, I, I can't necessarily argue that. Uh, but I don't also put that exactly on the shoulders of just Kirk Cousins. Yeah, his team is awful. So He, make, he gets that team an their, additional their defense, three, four wins. He, yeah, and his, his defense actually playing pretty well this year. This is like first time in his career that his defense has been playing pretty well. His Washington Redskins actually have a defense now. But on the other hand, side of the ball, he does make mistakes. Uh, am, am I going to put him up there with the elite quarterbacks? No. Can he get there? I believe so. Um, okay. I am, I'm not going to put that out of the realm of things. It's it's not like he's he's slipped so far. It's not like he's slipped like Dak Prescott has slipped without Zeke Elliott. You know what I mean? Right, definitely. He, he's been more middle of the road there. So that's that's my that's my understanding of it. Or okay. that's my, my thought process of that. But uh Kansas City needs to get their shit together. Quick too. Quick. Cause that's getting very, very tight. Very, very tight. Mm-hmm. 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 So, excellent. Uh, so, do we want to jump into week 13? Yeah, let's do that, man. Okay, so this week we're going to be going with, yet again, another Sam Spence track. And what we're going to I get I feel like he does a week, lot of NFL stuff. He basically does it all. Okay. So, here's what we're going to take a look at. This week we have 3 minutes and 32 seconds. I'm going to keep... Uh, last week was two minutes. Yes, with lesser games. I feel like this is going to be a bigger week. We have some pretty important games to talk about. Oh, yeah, true. We do have more about. games. Yeah, that is true. So, on my mark, you tell me the game, bring up what we're talking about, and I'll keep the time on my laptop. Are you ready? Set, go. Okay, so the first game of the week is going to be the Redskins at the Cowboys, which is tonight. We are recording this uh, November 30th, the last day of the month. Almost Christmas season. Hooray! Uh, I am picking the Redskins over the Cowboys. Yes. Prescott has been falling. He's been sliding. I don't see him getting off this side. Redskins win tonight. Bird Gang wins the NFC East. Let's win it before November ends. Next, we got the Vikings at the Falcons, which is going to be a pretty good game. Not the game of the week, but a pretty good game. Yeah, that's very solid. Vikings are going to take this game, though, just because they're more solid through, through and throughout in case Cam 
is on fire, throwing it to the I think the Falcons are going to build off, and they're going to win. I think they're going to build off of last week. Okay, sounds good. We got our first disagreement there. Texans at the Titans. Uh, Tom Savage, not a bad week last week, but he is playing against a divisional rival, which is the Titans. Uh, I'm going to pick the Titans just because I think they're in a more solid spot. And it's a must-win for the Titans, too, I believe. I agree. So the Titans there for us, though. Uh, Chiefs at the Dolphins. Uh, wow, no, no, no. Chiefs at the Jets. I like it. Yep. Uh, I think we said it already. Taking the Chiefs. Yeah, the Chiefs. The Chiefs. This is a must win for the Chiefs. If they lose to the Jets. I'm going to say this. I'm going to take back from what I said before. If they lose to the Jets, they're not making the playoffs. All right. Uh, I can I can behind you. I can get behind you on that. But I'm still picking the Chiefs this week. We Next two week, minutes. We got the Broncos at the Dolphins. Dolphins, I believe, are getting Jake Cutler back this week. Which means that'll be an L. Uh, but the Broncos also have Brock Osweiler. Oh, my. So this is going to be... Stinky. Which, which team has a better defense, which is the Broncos. So and which quarterback Broncos. sucks less? I'll take Jake Cutler. All right. Sounds good. Uh, the Colts at Jaguars. Uh, the Jaguars, probably the best def- one of the, if not the best, one of the best defenses in the league right now. Yeah. I'm picking the Jaguars on defense. Go Saxonville, minute and a half. All right, Buccaneers at Packers. Uh, I'm picking the Buccaneers. They got um, James Winston back this week, so I think they'll be better than Brent Hundley. Yeah, but you but know what? Hundley did play good. Yeah, I'm going to take the Packers here. They did play well. I think they'll build off of that as well. I'm going to take the Packers here. Next, we got the Lions at the Ravens. Uh, I believe the Lions should take this over the Ravens, even though the Ravens have improved their gameplay in the past few weeks. And I will take the Ravens because if the Ravens want to remain in the playoff hunt, this is a must-win as well. So I will take Baltimore there. Pats at Bills. One minute. I'm just going to take the Pats. Yeah, not even a conversation. All right, uh, 49ers at Bears. Uh, I'm going to take Jimmy G, his first official start as a 49er. As a 49er so far, he's two for two and one touchdown. So, Woo! Jimmy G, I'm taking Jimmy G there. Yeah, I'll follow you there with Jimmy G. Browns at Chargers. Chargers. Uh, Chargers better take this. Go, Chargers, go. Uh, Giants at Raiders. Uh, no no respect for the Giants anymore, so I'm taking the Raiders. Raiders. This is probably the, this is the game of the week. Panthers at Saints. Wow. I'm, I am picking the Panthers to upset the Saints. Okay, 20 seconds. Uh, I will also take the Panthers as well. Oh, okay. All right, go with me there. Uh, Rams at the Cardinals. Uh, Cardinals don't look too good right now, so I'm taking the Rams. Yep, I'll go with the Rams as well. Uh, Eagles at Seahawks. I believe the Eagles will win this, but I'm sorry, this is a very losable game for you. No, it definitely is. And look, so our time's up, so I'm going to go on a rant about this now anyway. Wow, this is the first week we've been doing this. We didn't hit. I think we kind of just went off on different tangents. And I'm good in the Monday night game, I'm going to take the Steelers over the Bengals. I will agree with you there. So no, this is this is my Philly talk, okay? Yep. Obviously, one win or one Cowboys loss, the NFC East is ours. Philly is in two back-to-back must-win games. If the Eagles win these two games, they're for real. And I think if they go 1-1, one one, even still, I think if they go 0-2, Eagles Nation is going to start panicking again. They should beat the Seahawks. The offensive line for Seattle is abysmal. And if the Eagles' front line has been dominant all year on defense, they're going to run right through the Seahawks' offensive line. Russell Wilson can run. And also, they're talking about it on Philly Sports Radio this morning and this afternoon. It is in Seattle. And that changes the game a lot. That, that changes the game so much. So the fact that the game is in Seattle is a game you changer. Have to, you, have, you have to face the Seahawks and the 12s. Yeah. And then not only that, and then they go to L.A. next week. 
Uh, I think they go one and one. They will win one, drop the other. <laughs> this is going to be a preview for next week, but I'm going to put money that there's a good chance that there will be more Phillies fans at L.A. than than L.A. fans. And then next week after the Rams, they go to New York, and I guarantee you there will be more Eagles fans in MetLife than Giants fans. Yeah, 100%. It'll, it'll, be, it'll be a home field advantage for the Eagles there. Yeah, fly, Eagles, fly, baby. But, all right, good stuff. Let's jump into college football. Wow, this is going to be a great week, man. Great week of football coming up. Yeah, college football, the standings are out. Um, let's see here. Do you have the standings? Yes, I do. What's here it? is our current top four. Uh, announced the other night on Tuesday night. <laughs> my Fun fact, my little brother who moved down into Dallas works right next to the building where they do the voting for the top four for college football where the committee meets. Um, in Grapevine, Texas. Sorry about that. Um, our current top four is Clemson at number one. Auburn jumps to number two after defeating Alabama in a game that really was more lopsided than the score suggested. Auburn ran all over them. Yes. Uh, Oklahoma third. Wisconsin fourth. Alabama sits outside at five. Georgia sits outside at six. The U at seven. And frickin' Ohio State at 8 after beating Michigan yet again. And Urban Meyer, go frick yourself. Do you really think that a cameraman purposely ran into JT Barrett? You should go get a life, you scumbag. I hate Ohio State, man. But here's what we're looking at. Um, here are the championship games. Rick, let's run through them real quick and give me your winner. Big 12, Oklahoma versus TCU. I'm taking Oklahoma. Uh, 100% Oklahoma there. Big Ten, Ohio State and Wisconsin. It's going to get tougher as it goes on here. Ohio State and Wisconsin, you, the way you just looked at me, I know what you're about to say, and it's going to piss me off. No, I, I want to know. I, I looked at you because I'm curious what you're, who do you think is going to win. I think Wisconsin for this fact. Okay. Ohio State is inconsistent. You've seen it. They slipped off against Oklahoma. They were abysmal against Iowa. I think Wisconsin is a very young, motivated team. I'm going to take Wisconsin here. I'm going to take Ohio State. Yep, I knew it. Be, well, one, in, in the past few weeks, they took down Penn State. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Michigan gonna, State. Gonna take, they took down Michigan State, and I think they're going to take down Wisconsin, which is another higher rank like back then when Penn State was there. All right, so, Rick, here's my question. If Ohio State wins the Big Ten, do they make it into the playoff? pending results i think this is the first year that the big 10 will not get in okay so i think that's going to depend it, it, on it, if ohio if ohio state wins big 10 will not be in the college football playoffs all right um that a lot of that's going to depend on these next few games we have coming up the sec championship game a rematch of auburn versus georgia auburn ran over georgia the first time don't see that changing i don't see that changing either so i believe auburn gets in and then in the acc the u takes on clemson all right i'm I'm, I'm going to stop you right there. I said this earlier this week on Twitter. This is the game of the week. 100%. Better, I was about to and, ask and, you, any, what do you no, think no, no, is the no, game no. of the week? Better, no, 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 not just the game of the week in college football. Game of the week overall. NFL, NHL, NBA. Game of the week. reason why I say this, Clemson is looking good. Miami is looking, even though they, they floundered a little bit, they, looked, they still look good. Miami always shows up against ACC opponents. Normally, besides Pittsburgh, they mm-hmm. they always show up against ACC opponents. Pittsburgh is undefeated against the last three or four top three teams. It's Which played. is crazy, right there. Yeah, but I mean, Clemson. If if they lose this, if Clemson loses this, it would 
screw up the whole system. Screw up the whole system. I'm not even sure if they would get into the Final Four if they lose this. No, because then Auburn moves up prediction with our predictions if they win. Oklahoma moves up to two. If Wisconsin wins, they'd move up to three. And if Wisconsin loses and Miami beats Clemson, that opens the door back up for both Ohio State and Alabama to get in, which honestly, this not the fact that I hate Ohio State. I'm tired of Alabama. I want to see new faces. I love this top four well, if, right now. If, if, Miami, if Miami gets in, uh, or I'm sorry, if Miami beats Clemson, they, I'm, I'm assuming they would have to get in over Clemson. All right, so now here's the next question, okay? Yeah. The U beats Clemson. They're the fourth seed. Do they jump Alabama? Because this is the talking point now. Is the college football playoff committee going to take into the fact that if the U beats Clemson and that spot opens up and Georgia loses to Auburn, that means that would put Miami at five. Do they get in? Over Alabama. Are they going to take the fact that Alabama is not an SEC champion, but the U is champion the ACC? Granted, it's the, S- the ACC, not it's the so SEC, hard. which everyone so loves. So much politics in this. There are so many politics. So many different. If one through eight is still alive. Because even say then the U beats Clemson, Ohio State beats Wisconsin, both of them probably get in. Yeah. Because then, once again, if they're saying as seriously as they are that they are taking into consideration conference championships, winning your title game, Bama's out no matter what. If that's a tiebreaker, Bama's out. I, I think that's a big thing. If if they're going to take in the SEC championship games, or I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, overall championship games, and Bama's not even in there, I, I find it very hard that they would work themselves in there. But then again... Name me the last time that Bama was close and they were voted out because everyone loves Bama. Well, politics, man. I think this is the this is like the the, I mean, they're still very close, but this is like the farthest out they've ever been in during this this new current system in the past few years. If Ohio State beats Wisconsin and Alabama gets that last spot, the Big Ten's going to have another riot because you have another Big Ten champion. That doesn't make it in. Mm-hmm. Remember last year, Ohio State made the playoff, but Penn State won the Big Ten. Yes. Which is, you know, Ohio State would be feeling a lot like, you know, Penn State last year. Rick, I'm just, I'm so excited. I am more excited for college football this weekend than the NFL. Yes, I am too. I'm just going to be watching college football all day All Saturday. Saturday. It's going to be a phenomenal weekend. Uh, and I do think our top four will finish with, Clemson, Auburn, Oklahoma, and Wisconsin. You think it's going to stay there? I think it stays the same way. I think Oklahoma, Wisconsin, Auburn, and Clemson all win. I would love to see Georgia get in. I would love to see Georgia get in. Out of all those teams that are left in the top eight, the team I want most in the last four is Georgia. But I can't see it happening. I've always always been... And more of an Auburn fan when it comes to SEC mm-hmm. because I whenever I, I love the Iron Bowl whenever they do that that's oh, so great I always cheer for Auburn because I always feel like they're the underdog I'm not I'm not always like a person that cheers the underdog but like I I do for SEC Auburn. Yeah, so brace yourselves, everyone. And again, you can interact with us all weekend long on the Wide Open Sportscast Twitter at Wide Wide Open underscore Sports. Sorry for that mishap in our Twitter feed name. Happens a lot. Uh, so tweet at us. Tell us who you think your top four are. You get the top four correct. 
we'll think of something special for you. Maybe give you a little shout out or something. So if you're listening to us, tweet at us at wide open underscore sports. Tell us who you think your top you four or cone. put it in order. We'll buy you an ice cream cone. But no, for real, maybe I'll look into something. Uh, True. Maybe get you guys. So again, tweet at us wide open underscore sports. Predict the top four in order and you'll get something from us. Speaking of which, man. Did Greg Schiano get a giant screw over from Tennessee? What the hell, man? I, I, they're they're relating him back to Penn State for covering up for the. Yeah, man, he really got it from behind by Tennessee. Nice dude. Like, I think that's absolutely ridiculous. Like, I mean, I feel really bad for him, and everyone that's ever been coached by the guy loves him. Yeah, look at Rutgers right now, man. Man, I went to Rutgers, Michigan State. Jesus, Rutgers is bad. They are so bad. And all the Rockers fans talked about the Shiano glory days, how they should bring him back. It was a mistake letting him go. Shouldn't have gone to the Bucks. Yep, because look at where he's been since then. But, yeah, I mean, really, everyone loves him. Rockers, fun fact, Rockers ran 31 plays on Saturday against Michigan State. 31. I forget how long it's been, but I think it's like a, since the 1950s. That was the fewest plays ran in a Division One football game by one team. It sucks. It really, they just suck. keep setting new lows, man. And they gave Chris Ash an extension. I mean, they did win more Big Ten games this year. They did. And and next year, they're, the way their schedule is looking, I was I was talking with a couple of uh, my Rutgers buddies. They're saying that they may actually win a few games next year. So we'll see how that works out. Yeah, freshman quarterback and running back tandem coming up at Rutgers. So we'll see. I would like to see him do well, but it's just mm-hmm. right now it's just, they're doing it for the banter and it's great. <laughs> um so back to Shiano. Um what did you think about this with the whole you're hired, everyone protests and he gets out kicked uh, out. I mean, if there was a legit reason there, I think I'd be okay with it. I think it's just people were like he was somewhat in a far distance way related to a bad event that happened at Penn State, so there's no way that we should ever hire this guy. Right. I think that's that's shitty. I feel bad for him. And I think Shiano I think Shiano this week actually said he wants some sort of like repercussions for this. Like he like he wants like Tennessee to give him something. He definitely least, should. I I mean like either some sort of payment or something. I like it's it one is bad for his image. Because now any any other place that he gets hired at, there's gonna be there's definitely gonna be people protesting. Yeah, maybe not to the extent of Tennessee. Wow, people protesting in 2017. Yeah, right? What uh, are you gonna tell me next? A celebrity is gonna be accused of sexual assault? Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Uh, well, Shiano, uh, there's, I, I pretty much said it all. I mean, I mean his his name is now pretty much scarred, like forever, even more so than what it possibly was before. For driving the Bucks into a bad spot, yeah. but I mean, he did great as a head coach for Rutgers. He is a good college coach. Same like Chip Kelly, what we're about to get into, but he is a good college coach, and he deserves to be a head coach somewhere. Yeah. And I hope he finds a school that will actually accept him and not protest his ass like Tennessee did, Speaking- which is absolutely stupid. Speaking of stupid and dumb scumbags, Chip Kelly is the head coach at UCLA. Good for him. The most hated man in not only Philadelphia Eagles history, the most hated man in Philadelphia sports history. I hope he fails. Fails miserably. I Never coaches that's, again. That is 
awful of you to say. Again, I am I, just using my a, bias he here. Good, he's a phenomenal college coach. I think he's coach. going Sam to do very Shiano. well. I mean, he's a good college coach. I think he's going to do very I mean, well. UCLA will be good for them. It'll be nice to see them be on top again once he brings up the number one. I want him to miserably fail and crash five, and burn, but I think Chef Kelly's bringing him back. Less than five years, UCLA with Chip Kelly at the at the reins. I think they can be very good. They're going to be in the at least the top ten every year. Yeah, I could see it. And that's with UCLA. It's good to restore that program. That'll be good to see. Now, is UCLA going to get new Nike jerseys every game? <laughs> yeah. I don't think they have the uh, the same deal that uh, Oregon has. Yeah. They have a little bit uh, of a better alumnus there. Yep. And, again, you can tweet at us at wideopen underscore sports and tell me why I'm an asshole for wishing bad upon Chip Kelly. But if yep. you're in my shoes, you totally get it. Uh, let's get into the NBA. Speaking of coaches – it's more bad news, man. This is the most depressing episode we've probably ever done. David Fisdale, man. David Fisdale fired as the Memphis Grizzlies head coach as after a 7-12 and start. That's not even that bad. It's not horrible, but I think there's... I, it sucks that it happens, but I think there's actually good reason. First off, he did get the team to the playoffs last year, which is a big high. But he did start having bad relationships with players, including a very public one with Marcus Saul, after he'd be benching him in very important moments. Oh yeah, and that's especially, like that's, in, that's the face of that franchise right now. That's the face of that franchise. He's being benched in the fourth quarter. That's not looking good. Where former players of his, uh, not of his, when he was an assistant coach in Miami, LeBron and Dwayne Wade spoke out this week, tweeting and saying like, we want answers. What is going on? Why is this guy getting fired? Now, I read an article today saying that he may have not had, not just with Marcus All, with other players, he may not have had the best relationship with many different players. So if that there, if there's a toxic environment there and all of them are pointing in one direction of what the problem is and maybe there could be a slight fix of firing a coach, Okay, could be a good idea. I still feel bad for him because after a 7-12 start and in the NBA – uh, in a hard, hard division, like that's that's pretty shitty. Yeah, I definitely. I I, I think he in deserved, the West, man. In the West, the loaded West. I think he deserved wild, a little bit more West. than that. But when when people are saying he didn't have a good relationship with his players, that's a problem right there. So. That's my thing on that. I don't know if you have anything else to add to that. No, not really. Raggy. Uh, what do we got next? Uh, well, big hackaben, as you put it. Hackaben. Uh, Ben Simmons was hacked and takes an NBA record 24 three throws in the fourth quarter, most in one quarter, yes. as the Sixers hold off to beat the Wizards. And again, that record is for the most free throws taken in one single quarter, especially the fourth quarter. 24 free throws. They put them in the ice the game. Then they started fouling him. Mm-hmm. They took him out, got bit up big again, put him back in, played Hackaben again, and almost made something out of it. First off, Hackaben kind of worked. Do we have a hole finally in Ben Simmons' game? Uh, looks like it. I and, mean, I mean, he he was never really oh, ever the best three forward. That's that's always been known. So mm-hmm. it's similar to what people would do with the Hackashack. Right. So. It's just the same thing. Just put a guy there. But the problem is, 
it delays the game and doesn't make the game fun to watch, in my opinion. Yeah, so that's what I was about to get into. What is your opinion on the quote-unquote hack-a-shack strategy? Uh, it's not it's not that fun. Um, I mean, it's good as for the team. Like, I mean, and it's good kind in a way at the beginning of it. It's good entertainment, but if it's the same thing over and over again, you kind of get tired of it. Right. You kind of get tired of watching a guy miss, miss shots. Boo, not cool. Right, exactly. It's You're there for the entertainment, but Rick, here's also my other side of it. Do I hate it? Yes, but also here's the other side of it to play devil's advocate. Uh-huh. You are a professional NBA basketball player. Hit your damn free throws. Any um, team I've ever been on for basketball, middle school, high school, rec, we just hit shot free throws for at least 10, 15 minutes of practice. I want to know how he got that far not shooting free throws. And again, nothing against you. Ben Simmons is a phenomenal well, how player. Did, how did, phenomenal. I mean, to play devil's advocate to that, how did Dennis Rodman ever make it in the NBA? Yeah, and Shaq. So, yeah, you're right. So, I mean, Dennis Rodman got into the NBA because he played amazing defense and gave everything out there, dope for rebounds and shit. God, I'm dumb. But he dumb was he was horrible at offense. He he didn't play offense. Yep. Mm, uh, yeah. I look and dumb. And Shaq, I mean, <laughs> I mean, he played offense and defense, but he could only he can't shoot past like four feet from the rim. All right. Yeah. Touche. I agree with you on that. So. But so again, you're in the NBA. Make your free throws. True. Make I, your free throws. I mean, yeah. I think that there's no excuse even for Shaq or. Yeah, Ben Simmons. I don't mean anything against you, Ben Simmons. You're a phenomenal player. Trust the process, man. Uh, speaking of uh. Teams that are looking good and trust the process. I keep saying, speaking of. Uh, yeah. The Knicks are fun again. But they survived a scare and a half last night when Porzingis somehow, if you watch the injury, oh, did it so break horrible. his ankle. Like, it looked like his ankle that, could have like snapped that, in half. That is like, when you, when people are picture that, that looks like a broken ankle. It is amazing that he didn't do anything worse. He was eligible to go back into the game. Uh, That's even more amazing. Unicorns heal quicker. Right. Yeah, Porzingis, I mean, mean, I'm happy he's not injured. You never want to see anyone injured, especially to, like, the extent of breaking an ankle. That's, like, the worst thing that can happen. That looked lethal. Yes. But he's fine. Uh, Well, fine in the fact of he'll probably sit out. I would say he has to sit out a game or two. Just arrest it. Yeah, the Knicks aren't going to push anything. They're doing well. They're not going to try to mess with the mojo. And lastly, probably the biggest story of the week is King LeBron. Here's the audio clip. LeBron, ejected from his first game in his career, receives a double technical for approaching the ref, Paul Pierce. Not the real Paul Pierce, the ref Paul Pierce. Yeah. Um, and addresses his disgust with a no call when he was going down court, saying he's going down court the whole time, got no foul, turned, looked at the ref, and got a double technical. Uh, Paul Pierce said that LeBron swung an air punch at him and said some vulgarities towards him, and LeBron was not a happy camper. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, my my first reaction was when I when I first heard that it was the first time he's ever been reje- uh, rejected, ejected from a game. I was actually kind of surprised about that. Um, secondly, uh, watching the, watching the tape a few times, I could see it being an ejection because it, he did run up to pretty much not run up to it, go up to him almost a threatening matter. So I can see that being a double tech, but did it need to be? I don't think so. Okay. I, I think, I think LeBron could have stayed in the game, but also at the same time, I don't know what it was said. If I, I mean, I don't think LeBron would be out there saying like, like, I hope your mom dies or something horrible like that. Yeah. But, like, 
if you said the wrong thing to piss off the wrong ref, I mean, then yeah, you're gonna you're gonna get screwed for that. So let's talk about some poetry in motion in the NBA this year. Uh, sorry for the poor language coming up here, everybody. How about you had LeBron cursing out the ref, getting ejected supposedly. Kyrie with his famous quote towards a Sixers fan. Let's listen to listen to it again. And then you had Giannis go up to his assistant coach in Milwaukee when they got into a confrontation, and he told his assistant coach that I'm going to fuck you up. And then lastly, Durant saying right to Russell Westbrook's face that he's a pussy. Language in its purest form. Poetry in motion from the NBA this year. Uh, I mean, trash I mean, trash talk has always been there. All right, Durant. And, and also kind of kind of funny. I was listening to uh Golik and Wingo or whatever the new show Mike Golik is on this okay. week and they had the NBA commissioner on there. And they were talking about like back back in the day with the NBA uh that there's like no sound to anything. Meaning like there's no you couldn't hear any of the players. There was nothing to it. Now they're trying to get more and more of that into it. I'm going to wonder when it first comes up when someone says, like, the worst thing, the worst possible thing, it's going to be recorded, and it's going to cause a whole hubbub for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's going to happen soon with, one, this language that's being used now, uh, and that they're trying to mic up players. I mean, they've been doing that for multiple leagues, but it sounds like they're trying to get closer to the action, more mic up stuff, and eventually all this is going to get leaked. Mm-hmm. And someone's gonna say the wrong thing to the wrong person, say some sort of like homophobic slur towards someone, and this person's gonna be in a lot of trouble, and then the NBA's gonna be in a lot of trouble. Like, so this is all hypothetical, but it's something that needs to be watched. Uh, I granted, I love this stuff. It is so much fun to watch, like the rivalry between Durant and Westbrook. Like that is awesome, but uh, it's it's definitely questionable. All right. Awesome. So, that's going to lead into our questionable call of the week. This week's questionable call, building off of that, is going to be top ejections of all time. Give me your top three. And, Rick, I'm looking at your list right here. I'll go first because I think you you probably have me beat here. Uh, Because I went on the side of coaches being ejected. My third is Robbie Fatorik back in 2007, coach of the New Jersey Devils, gets angry when Jay Pandolfo is taken out from behind, needed 84 stitches, and there was a no call. He picked up the bench and threw it on the ice. That I mean that that gift. I've always I always I that love gift, that one. Like, yeah, that just like, watching that over and over again is pretty ridiculous. Like, one that they even had benches out and then just throw on team. They yep. stopped that after. Yeah, he received a one-game suspension and a fine for that. Uh, second, I had Bobby Knight, who infamously threw a chair across the court at a ref after a technical call, and then he was ejected for that. Bob Knight probably appears on the list of the greatest ejections of all time, probably about seven or eight times. And then number one, Phil Wellman, an unknown coach, but most famous for being the manager of the Mississippi Braves, a minor league team. When he was tossed of a game, he went on a major rant where he screamed in the ump's face, walked around the field, and took the bases and walked off the field with them, and also came back out onto the field and army crawled his way towards home plate and pretended to throw a grenade at the ref. Oh, it was the, it was the, uh, the sandbag. Yeah, he threw, yeah, he threw a grenade at the ump. 
Uh, that's gotta be for me number one as far as if I'm looking at the individual ejections. I'm going as far as coaches, but Rick, you've got me um, pretty beat here. I like yours a lot, so why don't you give me your three? Go from three to one. Okay, so number three, I have George Brett. Um, it was a game-ending ejection. So basically, what happened was George Brett uh, hit the ball, hit a home, hit, hit a guy home, or hit a home run. And when they when it was coming back to the plate, the umpires were looking at his bat, deciding if there was too much pine tar on the bat. And they said that there was. And after he got ejected, the game was over, and he charged after the after the ump. And it's such a great video. He charged after after the ump, and almost almost got physical. He had to be literally restrained. Second, I have Woody Hayes. Woody Hayes is. He was a famous college coach. Ohio State scum. But most famously, he is known for sucker punching a college uh, football athlete in the middle of a bowl game after there was a big scuffle on his side. Were they playing Clemson that game? Yeah. So he uh, he punched, uh, he sucker punched a guy in the throat and in the helmet. And like you said, you will never see a 65-year-old man sucker punch, sucker punch a college athlete ever again. You never see that. And my number one, the mouse in the house. The Pistons, the Watching that live was one of the greatest experiences I've ever had. I actually watched the Mouse of the Palace live. I had turned it on as the benches were separated, and I was like, ooh, it looks like there's a little fight. Let me see what's going on. Two seconds later, you see, huh, get it, leader, because the beer is going to our best. Two seconds later, the beer goes flying, our test is in the crowd, and I literally was like, oh my god, this is the coolest thing ever. Uh, but that's great. Rick, why is Malice at the Palace number one for you? I, I mean, it, it changed sports forever. I mean, it, to see players go into the stands like that, that that's only happened in like hockey. So that, that, that changed sports forever. It was fun to watch. Uh, and I, I, I didn't watch it live, but I've watched that clip over and over and over. I might watch it when the show ends. Yeah, so that's why I'm my number one hysterical uh great and also again you can give us some of your top ejections of all time at wide open underscore sports great one there rick for this week's questionable call i like this theme we've been doing even though we've been picking the nba we've been picking something crazy that's happened in the week and we'd be giving our top of those different yeah. things we did top haunted fan bases for halloween last week what did we do last week uh, it was time... I forget. It was something good. That yeah, was bad. We don't even remember our episodes. All right, ah, then let's jump into our good. final drive. Uh, this is basically big big topics of the week that we decided to just quickly go over once before we end the show. And so, we decided to lighten the mood on this one a little bit because it's such a the depressing episode. Yeah, first, except for the first one. God first, damn. Yeah, first topic, uh, Canucks player Derek Dorsett has to end his career after having spinal issues and his doctor saying he should not be playing for at least multiple years so he's decided to completely retire from the NHL uh, he was always a fun player to watch uh, good luck with whatever you have to deal with Derek mm -hmm. best of luck to you um, secondly the Alabama men's basketball team has to play the final 10 minutes of its game against Minnesota down two men five on three there was an altercation during the game in which the entire Alabama bench ran onto the court, which in college basketball is an automatic ejection. So their entire bench was thrown out of the game. 
they have five players left. One player fouls out, so they go down to four on five, and then one of the players rolled his ankle and couldn't continue, and they go down to three on five and outscore Minnesota in that 10-minute span that they were down. They outscored them 30-22 and made it a one-possession game, but they lost by about 10 or 12 points in the end. But still, the fact that they had cut it to that, yeah. down two men, is something you will never see again. Name the next time, or name when you've ever watched a college or NBA game go to five on three. I've never seen that before. It was wild. So good on you, Bama. Uh, next, Tiger is back. He's, he's played his first round of golf for the PGA Tour, which is awesome. But I have this question for you. If he, okay. If he actually makes a comeback and gets competitive and maybe even wins another Masters, would it be compared to as the greats of Jordan or Ali's comeback? I would definitely say so. Yeah. Definitely I, say so. I agree. Um, now, this isn't as pretty of a comeback as Jordan or Ali's. Not at considering all. Considering what's happened to Tiger in his past. and I mean, this is part of it was an injury, but part of it is his past. But it would put it up there. Probably number three behind Jordan and Ali. What yeah. you got next? Uh, speaking of which, I'm going to jump around a little bit. Speaking of guys with bad pass. Eagles defensive tackle Fletcher Cox has been sued by a man producing his wife for seducing his wife and starting an affair. Nice. Tiger would be proud. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, so I'll let you jump back up to that. But Fletcher Cox is not only sacking quarterbacks, he's sacking your girl's heart. Uh, Bounce Sporting Club, a new bar in Chicago, will be selling Cheeto-crusted buffalo. Ooh. I'm not interested. I hate Cheetos. I love the Cheetos. Uh, Michigan State team doctor Larry Nasser has been accused of sexually assaulting over 150 women, including members of the USA gymnastics team when he was their team doctor. Again, seems like nowadays everything has been sexual assault. Again, something is disgusting. It's vile. Don't be an asshole, everyone. Respect your women. Respect your girlfriend. Don't do that. Don't be like Matt Lauer, who had a secret button in his office to lock girls in for him to talk to uh, and sexually assault. Don't do that. But, again, really bringing the light to this thing is what I want to know is how did this go under wraps for so long? 150 women. And Michigan State has just seen it. Like, he literally has just been put on trial for about 10 of them. And he has been saying that he's guilty of them all. And apparently it's 150 accusations against him, and Michigan State has never done anything about it. That's pretty crazy. Uh, how does that compare to Penn State? It's, it's, it's a, it's a, you shouldn't compare it. Like, it's no. Just, it's just overall. Yeah. Yeah. F-em Oh, what you got next? All right. MLS has announced Nashville, Cincinnati, Detroit, and Sacramento are the finalists for awarding two expansion bids to those cities. The winner will be chosen next month. All Who right. do you think would win? Who do you want to win? I want Cincy so bad. FC Cincinnati is amazing. They have a great fan base. They do very well. They made it to the U.S. Open Cup semifinals and almost beat the Red Bulls. They lost. They were winning 2-0 about 15 minutes ago and lost an extra time. So they have a great team going already. They have a great fan base. I would love to see Cincinnati. However, the one thing that's hurting Cincinnati is the stadium appeal because of our beloved New York City FC not having a stadium, still playing in Yankee Stadium. The MLS made stadium plans more of a priority in awarding expansion bids 
So I think it's going to go to Nashville. Nashville had a great showing when the U.S. men's team, the failure that it is, played Panama, who beat them out to qualify for the World Cup in Nashville. And also Tottenham Hotspur, the greatest team the world has ever seen, although not at the moment. They're playing like absolute crap. Uh, played Manchester City. They had great turnouts. There's a small team, Nashville SC, that has a good following, and they have been granted approval to build a new soccer-specific stadium. I think that gives them the nod. And I also think apparently Sacramento Republic has something great going. Same thing. They have a new stadium going forward for them, and I think that will give them the edge over Cincy. Detroit's plan for a stadium is to use Ford Field, but the MLS is looking for soccer-specific stadiums, unless you're Atlanta United, who built Mercedes-Benz Stadium to cut out seats for Atlanta United games, but they've been selling out just like the Falcons do. Uh, I would like to see Nashville, just because I think that's a great great sports town yeah i think that'd be great um i the only one i really wouldn't want to see here is probably detroit i don't think detroit i'd be fine with either sacramento cincy or nashville they're all kind of like tied for me but yeah i definitely want nashville and cincy okay what you got next for us up next speaking of the mls the mls cup playoffs continue here in america and our backwards soccer world and the stranger things Mm -hmm. toronto Beats Columbus 1-0 on aggregate last night, and Toronto will host the MLS Cup for the second year running as Eastern Conference champions. They will be looking to pull off the infamous treble, which is winning your League Cup, which for the MLS is the U.S. Open trophy. They won. Mm -hmm. For winning your country's tournament. Actually, no, they won the U.S. Open Cup. I'm sorry, everyone. F me for that. They won the Canadian Trophy. They're not American. They beat Montreal Impact. Canada has its own, and they won that. So they won the Canadian Trophy. That's theirs. Mm-hmm. They won the Supporters' Shield, which, again, is in the backwards word of the MLS. It's the trophy that you get for finishing the season with most points. They finished the season with the most points that any team has ever finished with in MLS history. That's the second trophy. They have the double. They win the MLS Cup. They complete the treble, which is three trophies, your country trophy and your league trophies for winning the regular season and winning your league tournament all in the same season, which would be a great feat. No one's done it in the MLS. No one has won those three trophies before. That'd be pretty incredible. And they will play either the Seattle Sounders or the Houston Dynamo. They play tonight in Seattle. It is a game the Sounders should win. They're up 2-0 on aggregate. And they are undefeated at home. So it would take a monumental collapse. And if that does happen, it will be Toronto in Seattle in Toronto for the second straight year for the winner of MLS Cup. Seattle won it last year in penalty kicks. And I do not want Toronto to win. Because that freaking bum, Josie Altidore, shows up for his club team. So does Michael Bradley. But when the World Cup beckons, forget about it. Clint Dempsey had my my sympathy. He really showed up for the U.S. men's national team this year. But the other two, uh, what do you got last for us? Uh, last, I don't even know if I'm going to say this right, Otani? Yes, I, right? I Otani, believe so. The next Babe Ruth, quote-unquote, is coming from Asia. Where will he land? The Yankees are a favorite. Yankees, I'm sure, will always be a favorite. Yes, they, they they're calling the him the next Babe Ruth because he's a great pitcher and hitter. Uh, I'm, I'm probably going to say the Yankees just because they have the cash. And Tanaka is a pull. Either that, either that or, like, uh, Seattle. Okay, I can see that. Because, I mean, Seattle ha- always has a big Asian, yes, they do. Asian fan base. Yeah, so yes, I think those are do. probably, like, the top two. All right. All right, man. Good show this week. As always. And 
like that. We are the Wide Open Sportscast. Follow us on iTunes and on SoundCloud. Also follow us on Twitter at Wide Open underscore Sports. And don't forget to give us on Twitter what you think is going to be this week's college football top four to determine who will be playing for the national championship. Give us the teams in order and we will have some type of prize for you. Maybe you'll get a used beer can from Rick's apartment. Or an old pumpkin that's been sitting here. But, like that, I'm Rick. I'm Feds. Thank you all for watching, and have a great night. Do you believe these guys are our future leaders in America? Thank you so very much for all the appreciation and all the great moments that we've experienced together. You stay classy. That's all, folks.